pudding, and the pudding in this case is a football. Boom! Eat my goal! The goalie has got football pie all over his shirt. Okay, so uh, welcome to this episode. First of all, before Gary, Gary's going to do a quiz, uh, so people would um, introduce themselves and let us know where they kind of situated themselves in the Wanderers grounds, apart from Kevin, because he's scum of the earth. So uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's let's start with Dave and then work our way around. Okay, guys, Dave Finlayson. I actually worked with the club for four years in the business development side, and uh, generally I don't sit anywhere. I wander aimlessly through different parts of the stands and the premium pitch side to get a good view of all the goals we score from open play. <laughs> nice. All, all three of them or. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So Jerry, you go next, buddy. Sure. Uh, yeah. My name is Jerry. I, uh, uh, I sit, I stand uh, typically over in one Oh nine, um, right up in the front. Um, I wasn't even sure, actually, Anthony, if I should introduce myself or not, because every time I ask a, a question, you always just say, uh, some, someone on Twitter asked or someone on Discord asked. So I, I didn't know if maybe I should just introduce myself as that guy on Twitter, that guy on Discord. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> or if I was see, allowed to have a name. See, the thing is that you're, because your questions are so bad, I just don't want people to know it's coming from you. So, <laughs> so you're, doing me a ser- you're doing me a service exactly. by, by not revealing my name. Ex- All right, exactly. there we go. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> this demand that doesn't really need an introduction, but away you go, Denton. <laughs> uh, hello, podcast audience. My name's Denton. I, I'm usually sitting in section 105 in the grandstand, and sometimes I'm also sitting in any of the other cities because uh, I've, I've been traveling a lot following the Wanderers around and enjoying being you know an unofficial ambassador for the privateers and uh i'm also the uh, publisher of our fanzine the cookbook and seeing as how i think about three quarters of my paying audience are in this zoom meeting (laughs) (laughs) it's great to see you all yep gary how many gary get your finger get your hand or your pocket and pay for the cookbook would you i'd pay for every single one mate (laughs) sure yeah don't worry it's carlos that still owes me money okay there we go I had, an, I had an article in one of them once, actually. So really, that commission should be coming in soon, Denton. <laughs> Carlos, you owe Gary some money. Uh, so, Kevin, you go next, buddy. All right. So uh, I'm Kevin from the championship winning Forge FC. No, <laughs> who's here? Um, and I rapidly followed Denton around uh, and just missed hitting all the stadiums before he did. Um so, and I, I have sat at your stadium for the very first ever Wanderers game. It was amazing. Um, and it's the reason that everybody in Hamilton wants to come back out because I won't shut up about it. <laughs> amazing. Where you go, you, Simon? Hey, I'm Simon. I'm 23 from Heartland, New Brunswick. And for anyone wondering, that's a five-hour drive to Wanderers <laughs> grounds for me. And I've made that trip about five times now. And I also flew to York at the beginning of the season to see the boys kick off there. And uh, yeah, I'm just a Canadian soccer super fan here from New Brunswick. And yeah, the Wanderers are the closest thing I have to a local club. So that's who I support wholeheartedly. I just want to say to people that this isn't a dating show, so you don't need to tell us your age. Uh, Derek, (laughs) (laughs) Derek, away you go, buddy. Uh, Derek Simon, uh, I usually sit in 110 at the grounds, although I have been known to sneak into other sections 
at times. So glad to be on. Amazing. And we left the worst to last. Away you go, Matt. <laughs> Jesus. I know. It's a Liverpool thing, man. You do it to yourself. You're a United fan, aren't you? No, no that's Tottenham fan. It's even worse Tottenham. than that, so. yeah. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. only game at Liverpool, we beat Tottenham. But you're not helping yourself here. Come on, away, away you go. <laughs> That's uh, my name's Matt Boudreau. I'm from the the valley. I usually sit in the front of 110, um, closest to 109, with my wife and 11 year old daughter. Um, and yeah, I'm a big Liverpool fan. I've got a massive Liverpool room next door over there. Nice. Par- apparently, I'm the most hated guy on here. Pretty much, uh, apart from Kevin, actually. Uh, so yeah, so uh, thank you all so much for, for doing this. I thought it'd be like a good idea for us to kind of have a bit of a catch up and hear like the fans' voices as uh, we kind of move into the, the new year. So, Gary, uh, away you go, my friend, with your uh, your amazing quiz. I've only got three questions, but <laughs> Jesus Christ, all right. Question number one in the history of Wanderers. Which there's this is a three way tie. Which three players have the most assists for Halifax? And this is over like all of the seasons, not just in one season. Over so four years, yeah. which three players are tied for and they're team tied, they're, lead? They're, they're, they're tied on five, so it's not exactly five. many. Wow. <laughs> That's wow. a gorgeous season. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a gorgeous October. Jesus I, I thought our I thought our goal scored was bad. Uh, one game against us. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So who who all has has had five assists? Uh Akeem oh, Garcia. No. So yeah. I'll give you I'll give you a clue. One of the players joined in 2020. One of them joined in 2021, and one of them joined last season. Wow. Is Fernandez uh, one of them? Fernandez, 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 yes. Fernandez, Fernandez is one. Uh, is yeah. JGL. Spent one? Say that again, Derek. JGL. JGL is the other one. And there's nice. one more. Morelli? No. I'd say Bent. Yeah, Bent's the other one. Yeah. Oh, wow. Smashed well out of the park there, boys. Wow. All the white guys. Great teamwork. <laughs> All right, next question. Who was in the back four for Wanderers' first ever game versus Pacific in April 2019? The back four. Back four. Yeah. Uh, Zoom. Let's who Carolis was not. Uh, but Zoom, Zoom would have been Zoom would have been left back, wouldn't he? Zoom was left back. Yeah, Sharla okay. Kev was center back. Okay. Okay. Um, who would have played? Oh, Bono probably would have played right back. No. No. And sir, oh, and yeah, and sir and Charlotte with the center backs and the right back. Um, was uh, in the there? doctor, Secunda, yeah, who yeah, said Secunda? Right away, oh, Zachary Secunda, number one, the original one, there, the first <laughs> one, the original one, yeah, forever first. <laughs> All right, la- the last question of our icebreaker. So, this one. This I, I was told this Dave probably knows about this as well. I was told about this in the first season, but um, I think it's safe to actually talk about this now because it's four years later. So <laughs> in, in 2019, Wanderers actually had eight internationals, not seven, but there was an oversight by the league who didn't realize this person was actually an international. <laughs> and it was like kept on the download for the entire season. Amazing. Who, who was the eighth oh, player who should have been registered as an international but wasn't? Wow. That's a great question, Gar. Yeah. Mean Kodai Ida wasn't from Brampton. because <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he definitely was an international. Though. Yeah, Kodai yeah. was an international. The ghost was an international. The ghost. The, ghost. the four trainees. No, the ghost. Oh, oh not, the ghost. not Yusuf. 
Well, Yusef, well, well, Yusef was was down as domestic correctly. Okay. Yusef was domestic. Uh, yeah. Bona. So, the, so there was the who, forge. The forge. There was someone the forge, just said it. Bona. Bona. Yeah. Yeah, he's French. Bona. Yeah, and because of well, it was like a weird thing because yeah. he was and he was and he was fourth time. year, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. But the league didn't, didn't pick up on it until later. So why did hold on? Why did why did Bona count as should have counted as international? Because he was because he graduated. But it but we draft but we drafted him. But because hence the loophole. Yeah, oh. that's why it was like a bit of a loophole. Okay, because I was gonna say I I know that Shala counted as domestic because we dra- and I thought it was because we drafted him. But you're saying it was because he was returning. He was to he was a third he was a third year going into fourth. Yeah. I think it only counts if you're on the development contract, and if you're on a regular contract, which Bona was, then you're then you're international. That's but Corey, quick. when when he when we drafted him and he played for the for us in the Island Games, he wasn't going to go back to school and he. Didn't he count as domestic that first year? Because he was a draft. I think Corey was always international. Yeah, he was always international. Yeah. Yeah. And wow. that's the quiz. Nice little fact for you all. Yeah. Well done. And, and I must confess, following Andre Bona as he's cheering through the World Cup, yeah, he's he's definitely an international. <laughs> so uh... I, I just thought he was from Quebec. No, he's from France. Didn't he play with Marseille? No, I think, I yeah, think he was with Marseille's like, youth team. Yeah. Well, yeah, he was he and he did track for a bit, like track and field, and then yeah. and then he was almost like Olympic caliber track. Yeah. He was. He, Man, he, he could speedy. move. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, uh, I, I had a, quite a chat with him at the end of the first season. He was a very interesting cat. He's uh yeah, and he, he usually showed up for like a lot of the Wanderers viewing things during the the Oiling games. He's a really nice guy, and he's really accessible. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so so I thought you the first thing we would get names. into is oh, sorry, go ahead, Dent. To Andre Bona, nice guy. To date, the only Wanderer who's actually paid me for one of my cookbooks. Oh. <laughs> wow, the rest Alrighty. are a bunch of moochers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Morelli, you need to step up. Uh, so, so, so today they announced uh, some some big news for the league that uh, that the players have voted in for um, the union to be recognised. I think that's what they did today. And uh, obviously there was chats with the league that they were going to recognise them too. So the players are now have a union. So I thought it'd be a good idea just to see what you guys thought about the whole thing. Um, I, I thought just one of the interesting things that I, I, I took from it was... Uh, John Molinaro, the the journalist guy, had had written that um, uh, the appointment of Mark Noonan as CPL commissioner was a turning point in the union league relationship. One source told me the union genuinely feels it can work with Noonan, but didn't have the same feeling with Clanigan, which I thought was a big kick in the bollocks there. But uh, yeah, so what? <laughs> so uh, what, what did what did you guys uh, think of that, uh, Dave? What did you think? Yeah, I think kind of watching this for the last few years, and one of the things I always like to take into account is. Why are people saying what they're saying? And I also think the the situation needed to be set properly for the union to be accepted by the league and make sure this was going to be a strong union that's going to represent the players well and be professional. And I think a lot of those things have been questioned over the years. And it feels like uh, over the last several months, it's really turned the corner. So regardless whether the players wanted to have it, you got to make sure it's going to be great for them. Um, and great for the league as well. So this has to be a partnership going forward. And I think Noonan is the right guy to, to drive that forward. And um, the people that are involved now with the union are going to be uh, very important to drive that forward. I think, uh, Derek, being a, uh, a lawyer, you probably have 
an opinion on this. <laughs> do, do lawyers often have opinions? I've, I've never heard that before. I don't think they were allowed to. Yeah. Well, I'll answer. qualify this by saying I'm not a labor lawyer, so it's not really my my area. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think it's a positive. Um, like Dave said, you wanna you wanna be sure that the union that's putting itself forward is going to be an effective representative for the players and and has the support of the players, which this, you know, the PFA appears to do now. So that's, that's critical. And you, you know, almost any league at this level does has to have some type of, of players union. And so I think it's a step forward for the league. I think it's a step towards a more, a more professional league, a more professional environment. And, you know, it sounds like, um, you know, uh, pay is not the only issue there's there's some some work condition issues and some some issues where the players want a bit more say in in how the league does certain things and so you know if it's a step towards that more collaborative relationship i think that's positive so yeah i think i think that's a big that's a big point there is like the job security and like if they're with injuries Mm -hmm. there seems to be kind of a lot of a uh like people weren't sure what was going to happen if they got injured and like, you know, like career threat, like career engine injuries and stuff like that. Like there was nothing on the other side for them. So I think that's a, a big move. Did anybody else have any uh, opinions on, on the union? Any, any support? I, <laughs> I mean, no bias or anything no. here. <laughs> any support and protection for the players is a positive for me. So yeah. that's all, that's all I think really. Yeah. yeah. I'd say from from a ham, from my point of view in Hamilton, um, Clanahan was well known as the big guy from Tim Hortons, which is a pretty big thing here in Hamilton. Um, I used to live down the street from the <laughs> first ever Tim Hortons store, um, but they were famously anti-union. So it was kind of interesting when they brought him in as a first commissioner. It kind of felt like, oh, wow, that's going to be kind of butting heads and it seemed like that's the way it was um but like some of the other guys said i think this is a really big deal for not so much just the financial point of view because i remember when they first announced they wanted to make a union they were talking about you know one thing i've never heard a union do they say like we won't negotiate uh, a cba for a couple of years we understand with the pandemic and stuff like that we've got to you know go slow which i've never heard anybody do kind of give away their kind of uh, leverage but um the things were other things like safe work conditions you remember that the really hot days in winnipeg and stuff like that yeah. where guys were complaining um how they were getting to games and stuff like that and then injuries and things like that and even little stuff like you know getting massages and stuff those kind of benefits that you're covered for and then the last thing of course that that year that they did the 25 percent uh deferral of their wages and then it turned out to be like a for real thing instead of just a deferral it ended up just being a cut and i think that's what kind of brought guys together but it's nice to see i will say i've been lucky enough to meet noonan uh twice he's amazing he was amazing to talk to and he's really straightforward like the first time i talked to him the, f- the first thing i said to him he's asked like so as a fan what do you want to ask about and i said when are you guys going to recognize the union and I, I as soon as i said it i was like oh man that might be too far and he he to his credit he was like you know i used to be a player i understand you look at every professional sports league in north america it's a fact of business this is what we got to do and we got to work it out together but i'm just getting my you know feet in the pool what what's his saying that you guys always is he all in? He's, he's all, all, in. In. all in. Yeah, he was all in on getting <laughs> stuff done, and, and so he, he showed it. So anyway, I'm I'm really impressed that I, I think these guys are going to work really well together, and I like Marco Carducci, which is hard to say as a Forge fan, as the president <laughs> though. Um, it seems like he's really ready to move on it too. So good stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit curious if we're going to see like if if recognizing the union and having a union, if that is going to do anything to Canadians playing abroad, and if that's going to be something that is 
you know, potentially enticing them to come back home. Um, obviously, the league as a as a whole, uh, you know, having a, a, an ability to play at home is is a draw. But I wonder if if there have been any of those players that they're playing somewhere else, whether it's you know Sweden or England or Spain, and they have some sort of a union there. Was that always a little bit of a like, yeah, I can go home, but there's there's like no safety net, um, right. you know? And if that kind of if that adds to the the incentive to you know maybe consider the CPL as as their next step. Certainly can't hurt to when you have a guy like um, is it Simon from Montreal who had the the son who had some extreme um, health issues, and he stayed with Montreal just so that he could keep his his benefits mm. as a Canadian, so that his kid could have continuous health care. So if you have something like health benefits involved with the with any sort of bargaining that they have, then it's certainly going to be a draw to get guys back over here for sure. That was one of the things that uh, I interviewed Marcel de Jong about, like we kind of mentioned about it because he was a president before Carducci and he he had kind of said that, that, you know, playing abroad and having that protection and then coming somewhere where there was none was like a, an eye opener. And he, like, I think it definitely was something that was holding people back maybe from coming back home, because if, you know, if you're playing in Europe and you have that protection, why did you move somewhere? Like obviously you've got your own regular Canadian benefits, but it's not the same thing. So I think that that will play a big part in Canadians coming back home. I think. Anthony, I think it's going to be interesting to see how much of it is those type of things versus the, the gradually increasing salary. Right. Yeah. I think that's going to be the overall driver and the quality of the league. Like if the league continues to go up like it is and recruiting the type of coaches and the type of players, I think that's going to be more important than some of the union benefits. Now everyone's pointed out having strong health benefits, being protected when you're traveling, like those yeah. kind of things are very important. But in the end, if you're making another twenty, thirty thousand dollars you can pay for those things, right? So yeah. mm-hmm. you can see where that goes. Yeah, like the fact that we're seeing players come in from the A-League is a, is a really good sign of the standard that the league is getting to, you know, like uh, we're seeing players make that decision. So um, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting. So um, the, the next the next kind of topic I just thought we would, if anybody else wanted to chime in there, but uh, I think um, the, the next thing is obviously like the World Cup is like a huge thing. So h- how do people find, A, how can it, how calendar played, B, uh, what do you think is needed going into 2026? Because obviously, we, like Canada just want to end up like Qatar and be like the worst performing host nation. So, Kenton, since how you're wearing that cap, I'll let you answer that question first. <laughs> uh, uh, um, yeah, well, I mean, obviously, it, yeah, it, it was, I, I, I'm not that critical. Like, I mean, I, I think we all knew from the start, uh, we were in there you know, to show that we could qualify. Uh, a win would have been lovely. A goal would have been nice. We got a goal. Um, let's see. And I mean, as it turns out, you know, uh, Croatia and uh, Morocco, like, you know, no, no, nobody's going to uh, give us too hard a time for uh, how, we, how we handled ourselves. Uh, going into 2026, uh, uh, honestly, I'm, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not John Herdman, so I don't have to make those calls, but, uh, but I am a fan. So I will say we really like, this is going to not be not just our chance, but FIFA's chance to show what a proper above the board, happy fan, <laughs> happy player world cup should look like. Uh, right. And so, I mean, we really want to make sure that our infrastructure is uh tip top that we've done a lot of practice that we know exactly how everything's going to go and that we're able to pack the stadium just as much as we hope we can so there that's nice. my take 
Anybody else want to jump in on that one? Yeah. I mean, I think, go ahead, Jerry. Well, I was just going to say, I think, I think from a Canadian perspective, you know, there's, there's a couple of things when, when the group stage first ended and, you know, we had, we didn't win a game. We scored technically two goals, but one was an own goal. And so really all we had was that one goal. I, I know a lot of people were down on Herdman. You know, I think, I think having gotten to the end and now you say, oh, two, you know, two teams from our group went to the semifinal. One is the second ranked team in the world. It definitely repaints the entire, how did our group do and how did we do within our group? Um, you know, and I think just the reality of four more years of, you know, we're already seeing some of the players that were on the team this year, whether it's um, uh, Alistair Johnson going to Celtic or um, uh, who is, who, was it uh, Ismail Coney that went to Watford? Yeah. yeah. You know, and so you're, you're already seeing those moves and then you're going to have four more years of the CPL to be that, you know, whether it's actually League One Canada and then the CPL and kind of this new created pathway, we're absolutely going to see you know, more, more of that pathway used by, by the time we get to 2026. So I'm not, I'm not worried about how we did. I don't think that we are going to be necessarily a, you know, a one and done see you in 36 years kind of, (laughs) kind of team. Again, I think, I think we're, we're, you know, we're finally developing enough of a footballing infrastructure in this country that we can, we can make regular appearances on the world cup. You know, I think it's going to be a long time before we ever get to that point where we're, you know, a challenging for to win it, win the whole thing, but you know, baby steps right now. Like Denton said, like we qualified this year, which was that was the goal. Uh, you know, anybody and I saw on Reddit a couple of times, people were like, you know, we need to think big, we can win the thing, and I was like, calm, calm down. Like, yeah. qualifying was our World Cup, like that was our accomplishment. Anything on top of that was gravy, and I think you know that now we just need to become the next step is how do we become a perennial qualifier. And then from there, you know, we can start to talk about how do we get out of the, out of the group? How do we, you know, make the round of eight or the the quarterfinals or whatever? Um, But I I think, yeah, I mean, it's just no, no work up from here. I'm excited for it. We just need to start developing a couple more Alistair Johnsons because that's, we need, we need two or three center backs, (laughs) another six, because both of the sixes are not going to be at the next world cup in Piet and Hutchinson. Uh Um, But if, the the front five is borderline quarterfinal worthy. It's it's getting the rest of the pitch, and Borean might not even be of age come the next one. So we might need to might need to develop a goalkeeper. or hope Pantamists or or the, what's what's the guy's name that broke his arm right before? Or broke oh, his ankle. Oh, ballet. Who was it? Yeah. Uh, Mac- Maxime uh, Carvalho, Carp- Carp- oh, yeah. yeah. But then you've got it, Dane Sinclair as well, who's a really good yeah. He's yeah, he's good player. too. Yeah, but yeah, like like Jerry was saying, the 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 qualifying game was our World Cup. Derek and I were were one section apart from each other at the at that game. It was it was like a borderline shed tear type type thing. So <laughs> it was uh, th- what happened in Qatar was was more than enough to, to build on that and go ahead for four years when they get to host it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, qualifying, I think... The qualifying cycle is so important this year too because now we don't just have the World Cup handed to us for being the host nation, right? And it, you know, that no one can take that away from us and we can put that, you know, notch in our belt. A lot of it is like Canada recognizing where they are in the international football ecosystem and identifying what teams in that bracket do to be successful. 
So obviously you've got your Frances and Germany's and Spain's, they exist in a different reality. But then how do teams like Croatia or even like a Siberia or Morocco do well? And it's having a handful of elite players like Canada's got in Jonathan David, etc. But then these teams tend to have quite a rigid defensive way of playing. So they just make sure they don't concede many and then rely on their elite players to score. So I think it's going to be a case of over the next four years, like developing that way of playing. So when it comes to 2026, they've got that in place and then also kind of galvanizing domestic support. So when they have home games, it feels like quite not aggressive, but quite energetic. So it it does really feel like a home game and, (laughs) you could get to the quarterfinals if you put those things in place. Yeah, like looking okay. at the games in, in Edmonton and uh, Toronto, especially one in Edmonton, I think, uh, or Hamilton, sorry, a big pardon. Like the the atmosphere was like, that's intimidating to come into. Like obviously the, the weather, people were kind of like talking about the most, but I think the atmosphere from the fans themselves, like it showed that Canada is actually like a football nation, not just like ice hockey or whatever. So it was kind of nice to for you guys to be acknowledged for... Uh, being like football fans as much as anybody else. So, Anthony, I was wondering too about what what everyone felt about uh, Alfonso and where his best role is for the national team. Because, like, as I looked at that, going, you, you guys are right, that front five. But if you've got one of the best left backs in the world, my my question was, why don't we play him at left back, even if it's not the best for him, might be the best for the team. I'm just wondering what this group thought thought of that. We don't have the midfield to do it at current. You need two absolute worldies in the center to be able to support having just a four, and they need to have that five basically, so that him and Tejon or him and uh, him and uh, Alistair, depending on if he's playing in the middle or out wide, it's it's really hard for them to to play as offensive as they want to be and 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 still deal with just having a thirty eight year old Vittoria and uh, a very not mobile. Um, Kamal Miller to uh, to deal with having to to deal with everything coming over the top of them once they lose the ball. And I, and I think it doesn't have to be a trade-off. It doesn't have to be just because he's a left-back, you're missing out on what he gives from an attacking perspective. No. So if I was them, like if, if you play him as a left-back, I'd have like a double pivot, a six, who's really defensive and knows to kind of always shuffle over to that side. And I'd have like a left winger for Canada who's really, really inverted and keeps on tucking into the spaces there. And that way you still get Fonzie going forward and doing that stuff, but he's still a left back as well. I think I think that's a big thing is uh, developing, sorry, developing uh, another six. I think uh, Atiba Hutchinson eight years ago would, would yeah. be perfect, but that's kind of where we are. And I think that's, uh, that's going to be a big, a big thing over the next couple of years. I just think Herdman faced a bit of criticism for for some of his tactical choices, um, leaving a team on too long in the Croatian match, stuff like that. But if you look at Zlatan's strengths there too, we had a lot of midfielders that were injured or coming off injuries, and that that I think limited his choices um, in terms of what he was able to do in midfield. So obviously, adding some depth. Um, in midfield, it's got to be a big priority ahead of the next uh, next World Cup, and you know the CPL plays an important role in in adding that depth too. Like this is the pipeline to to develop players to the next level that are going to provide that depth at the next World Cup and, and the ones beyond that, right? So, you know what what's interesting is your guy's new coach. I was listening to Gary talk about it. He has that system where the left back is like everywhere on the pitch. And that would be an awesome kind of system for Alfonso to just be everywhere and anywhere kind of thing. So, uh, and I, to your point, Derek too, about 
the CPL. I'm really excited about the CPL and League One Canada building because think about where Kone, one of our best players on the pitch, where he was four years ago, right? Two years ago, even. Even two years ago. So imagine what could be coming up in the pipeline right now. Like there might be, you know, a center back coming up that's going to be amazing. There might be like another midfielder coming up or something like that too, right? So it's exciting. And I like to see, like, I would love to see Passius uh, from our team, Wubens, um, getting some chances too. Cause I think we do have some exciting young players coming up that we don't know what they're going to be in four years. So that's, that's pretty exciting. Cause it's right. not always been the case for us. Right. Well, I mean, I think that's, that's, that's the Joel Waterman story, right? Like yep. drafted by the league, moved on to Montreal playing for the national team in such a short window too. Like this isn't the kind of thing of like, Oh yeah, maybe, you know, maybe go to the CPL for eight years and eventually yeah. do something like if, if you got the skill, you got the skill. And I think, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm just so excited for how many more Watermans are we going to see over the next four years before, yeah. before the world cup and whether it's, you know, as much as I hate to say it, whether it's a Paseas or, uh, you know, <laughs> any, any number of, of, you know, hopefully non-forge players. That, uh, <laughs> <laughs> So, so uh, I thought we'd switch gears and just go into like a little bit of uh, Wanderers talk here. So I, I thought it'd be kind of good for the, the. I know that Derek sometimes listens to the show, so I think it'd be good for you guys to kind of give your opinion on the new coach. I know some people were kind of like a little bit. We should have gone for somebody who was more experienced, I guess. But you know, just want to kind of get your ideas on the new coach. And uh, obviously, they announced the new assistant coach yesterday, who'd obviously been with Patrice at uh, Vaughn. So, uh, if somebody wants to kick that off, that'd be awesome. Go for Denton. Well, I'm excited to witness our manager Geyser. Stephen Hart had his choice, but we need someone wiser. We've long been <laughs> suspecting we need some injection, but is Patrice a prescriber of? ivermectin or pfizer we've still got the drive to regain our composure we've drowned all our sorrows and now we get sober we've let, let's drop the imposters and build up our roster and build the team over with monsters like rover but more than just rover we've got fumpa Mwandwe. when he's there with omar you're in for a long day add to that jelly a chap named morelli and we're going all way with our good captain andre <laughs> i love it all right, so that's the show. We don't. There's no coming yeah. back from that. So, See you later, everyone. Uh, honestly, nobody else can honestly. top that. So, very <laughs> crisp. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I so I think I remember the the night before uh, he was announced, and that uh, I don't even remember what that Twitter account was, but like that Twitter account kind of dropped yeah. the you know um, dropped the bomb on all of us. news. Yeah. 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 And and I remember my my very first reaction was. An L1 out coach, really? Like, how long have we been doing this search for? And we and we come up with with an L1O guy. And and I'm I'm happy to say that I've done a complete 180 on on that perspective. Like, and and I think it's primarily been through Discord and hearing non-Wanderers fans and how like how highly they spoke of him. You know, and I think I think that we we can be as as Wanderers fans, we can sometimes get a little down on on ourselves and on the team and um you know and, and unless we're bringing in a, a pep or Jurgen Klopp or someone we're we're <laughs> gonna be disappointed in who we bring in but just to hear everybody else that has a, a much better knowledge of Canadian soccer than I do go oh man this this is a, this is actually a really good signing for you guys uh you know I think that was encouraging and then just listen to him talk you know yeah. the guy the guy just exudes charisma and you can tell that he he just pat he, he's so passionate about developing his players and 
you know, and at the same time, it's not this like, I don't know, like he's, it seems like he has a, he's very clear about like, I have a limited amount of time and I will give you as much of that time as you, as you want, as long as you want it. If you don't want to be here, if you don't want to develop, you know, you're free to go somewhere else. Like I'm going to develop players and that's, that's what we're going to be about. Uh, so I'm, I'm just, I'm so excited for some attacking football next year. <laughs> <laughs> that was the, that was the big, you know, me and Gary kind of talked about on the, the, the podcast when we were talking about it. That was a huge thing. It was attacking football. And even when Jordan was announced yesterday, he kind of is in the same vein of like, that's kind of, they want to entertain. And I think that's what, I think the brief that Derek took away from last year was that people were kind of tired of the turgid displays. And that's no, whatever at Steven it's just it, it, it just wasn't the greatest football to watch so I, I'm just I'm really excited like you too Jerry I, I can't wait to see this guy uh, put a team out for us so yeah. looking at his record with Vaughn and considering that Bobby came from the L1-0 system as well I mean you know those are two things uh, that I really considered those are two things I really considered right off the start and I was excited as soon as I started looking into the guy like I wasn't all that familiar with his name and stuff but as soon as I did a little research I you know I definitely the hype went up for me anyway yeah it's like the the press conference like just and Gary was the same when he talked to him like uh doing his interview for the latest blog on from away there you go Gary there's a plug there for you don't say I don't help out uh but yeah it, it's just it, it, it's you just want to be in the guy's company because he's just he just he just loves the game and it's, it's it, like it's amazing to see so anybody else got any opinions Derek Matt more yeah. or less more or less what uh, Jerry ended up on um I didn't really have much knowledge of them other than I recognize his name from when Vaughn came in 2019 um but listening to the guy talk there's if he can, if he can put out a team and and have it perform as well as he speaks, then we're in for for a good show. <laughs> and, and at risk, at risk of being the guy who's you know, talking from the center of the universe, League One Ontario is is pretty competitive. And like you guys were saying earlier, like Bobby's being the most successful coach in in the league, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And to see somebody else coming up from there who had like didn't he have like two invincible seasons or something like that with them? Like yeah. that's pretty impressive at any level, but league one Ontario is, is really growing. And we've, we've seen it with the guys that have come out of there. Right. So I, I'm pretty excited for you guys. Um, not on a couple of days, uh, four games, I guess a year, but, but other than that, I'm excited. To, and even on the games that we play, you guys, I think it's going to be really exciting with the kind of possession style that we want to play. And then the attacking style that you guys are going to want to play. It's going to yeah. make, we've always had pretty good games except for those two at your place. But yeah, other last, than that, you guys are being pretty, pretty tough. Um, Opposition for us, and I think it's going to be exciting to see what happens with this kind of style. Mm-hmm. That's what the CP. That's what the CPL pathway is all about, too, right? Not just the players, but the coaches coming up as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big time. Sounds like he may have had a bit of a, a rivalry with Bobby back in the day too, when Bobby was coaching Sigma. So excited to see I was that. Say, has anybody looked into like what what the the Sigma and Vaughn? record is head to head i'd be curious to, to know like what what bobby versus patrice they're like all time. sounds like a task for gary gary should review that yeah. Yeah, i'll do i'll do that i'll do a deep dive for the athletic on it uh, I, I, I like i was one of the people you know I, I take a bit of heat on the discord for being a pessimist and i was probably, <laughs> i was initially pretty skeptical like i i did i was looking for somebody with pro experience and I, you know i uh, i think that um 
that there's not a lot of people at the club that have experience in other pro environments. And so to me, I thought that was important in the hire, but I've done a bit of a 180 as well, like Jerry, um, where having heard him speak, having heard what other people say about him, obviously like a really effective communicator and you get a real sense of what his footballing philosophy and the tactical identity and the identity he wants for the team is like right away before we even set foot on the pitch. He's made that really clear. And, and I like that if he's, if he's half as effective at communicating the players as he is at communicating to, to supporters in the media, I think he'll do great. So. Yeah. That's, I think that's a big thing. And, and, you know, as, um, I think with the players as well, like a lot of them, we're going to see a lot of players coming in from Ontario. And I think that was like our big thing is just trying to attract those players to Halifax. So I think it's, uh, we might see some interesting signings uh, after Christmas. So and um, Garrett, yeah. or Anthony, can we throw one more thing in there though? Like I, I'm yep. very excited about it. Having met him, I'm pretty fired up for what I think he can do. And for the types of players after sitting down with Derek and, and Matt and just talking like ears only of, uh, what kind of players they were trying to bring in and who's reaching out to the club now, which is super exciting for us. The only thing we should keep in mind is that number one, Steven never had club experience at a professional mm-hmm. club and neither does he. So I think if we're looking back at this in, in a couple of years time and it doesn't work, then that could be something that we point to going, wow, we, we had an opportunity here to bring in someone from a club that has done it and we didn't do it. Now mm-hmm. I think it's going to work. But I'm just putting it out there that that is one thing that could be a fly in the ointment for us moving forward. Yeah, at least Patrice is, Patrice, yeah, Patrice, Patrice is at least played a season that's more than 10 or 12 games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I, th- I think as well, that's just like an Everton fans perspective on oh, life. Pretty much. <laughs> Don't start. It's a ghost. Go straight to the negative. Talking about Everton podcast. But I, but I think Lampard or Patrice. But, but, but I think but I think yeah. as well though, like I mean, like him and Jordan, like they've basically run Vaughn from top to bottom. Like I mean, they've been involved in every aspect of the club, which I think is going to be stand them in good stead going into uh, what they have to do with the Wanderers. So I think that's really going to help. It'll be I mean, interesting to see their uh, their man management style. Yeah, even as well. Yeah, so I think that's going to be very interesting to watch. I yeah, saw so, in a, I saw in a few posts as well. You know, Ryan Raposo who. Is at Vancouver, isn't he? Yeah. Like commenting on posts about Patrice calling him Pep Guardiola, and if a professional who has worked with professional yeah. coaches is like yeah. has that as an affectionate nickname for him, then it bodes pretty well. Yeah. I don't uh, think this, anyone's I'm, mentioned. I don't think anyone's mentioned the fact that Patrice has had a hand in developing some current Canadian men's yeah. national team players yeah. as well. Kamal so. and uh, and, and Alistair. 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 Yeah. 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 So uh, one uh, thing I I. I, I think Dane Sinclair as well. Yeah. 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 Um, one thing I, I noticed, Gary, in your in your article where you interviewed him is I probably counted five, maybe six times when you were quoting him where he used your name. Um, I did that on and, purpose. Yeah, and I was gonna say, like hearing the things that he just the interviews that he said, and then and then that like I, I feel like that's the that's the level of detail that you give to your players that just like makes them feel seen and noticed and like it's it's such a small detail, but just yeah. using people's names on a regular basis. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you get a lot of people in like businessy world who do that a lot and it feels really forced. But like with him, it does it feels quite natural and just you leave it going, Oh, he likes me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. It, 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 it did give me kind of uh going back to Jurgen Klopp's first press conference with Liverpool vibes of 
just how well he spoke and and Jurgen's continued to do that. He 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 knows a lot of the fan media people and calls them by name and and does that sort of thing. It's it's all very positive things and and if what he did from 2016 to 2022 there if Patrice can do half of it then we're all in for some some smiles and just just and on some that good times well, at man. the ground like the first thing he said when I started chatting to him um he was like oh yeah I'm well happy to do anything like this like I love all the blogging and the podcasts in the country because it's so important to grow the game in this country so all of like the the kind of underground stuff is so important to me blah 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 so he he recognizes it as like something that's valuable and but not, but then, not sure. But then he like rushed you because he was going to a Christmas party. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's hosting. hosting. It was all lip service. Yeah. It was all lip service. Oh, yeah, I love this. Oh, my, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I so, think he was saying that so his wife wasn't mad at him. So it was just like, yeah, yeah you're really valuable to me looking over. <laughs> so, so, so the next kind of topic I wanted to get into is that obviously we signed a, a player, uh, Tiago Coimbra. I don't We'll probably say that horribly wrong. Um, but it seems like a really a good sign of kind of like where the club wants to be. Like you said, a good CV of being down in Brazil and stuff like that. So I just want to, I want to get people's opinion on the, the sign itself. But then also, this isn't a Patrice signing. This is a, a club signing. And how we, like, are we going to, I thought always what they were going to do was like, everything was going to go through the coach. So I just want to get people's feelings on that too. So I can't yeah. believe you guys announced the signing. We never get that. <laughs> no, you sports uh, guys are in the dark about everything. Well, that's so. why we follow Pacific on social media. <laughs> I like that one, Denton. That's good. <laughs> good. Uh, God. Yeah. yeah so, go ahead, I think Frank. the Tiago signing checks three important boxes, which is U21, he's Canadian, and he's coming from you know, an established cup club from Brazil, even though he was just in the U20 ranks over there. I mean, they're pretty historic and, like I said, established. Yeah, one of his teammates just went to Real Madrid for, well, if, if he does all his add-ons and stuff for possibly hundreds of millions of dollars. Do you think that's how much the Wanderers paid? No, no, the, one of his... <laughs> <laughs> yeah i forget the guy's name but he's just like 16 Endrick. i think Hendrick. that's the one. yeah real real madrid got suckered we're gonna pay, <laughs> pay out the nose for him we got we got this guy <laughs> no i think i think he looks he looks good he looks like he's just a big kid isn't he and like that i mean that's like the negative and the positive for me like the positive is like he, he's got like a big physical profile but the only negative on that i'd say is like when you have really big guys playing with teenagers, even if they're a big teenager, it can come sometimes um, like make them look a bit better than they actually are because they can just bully people. But you you don't know if that's going to be the case with him or not. He might actually that might translate to the the men's game. You just don't know. So it's worth right. a punt. I, I imagine he's inexpensive and he's played for Canada under twenties. They'll probably be looking to get him into the Olympic squad if possible. So. Yeah, because that's that Omar feel to him. I think it might take him a mm. while to kind of adapt to everything because, like, you know, that step up is a lot bigger than what people envisage. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, it'll probably take him a little while to settle in. But um, I, I'm I'm pretty excited about it. I think it's a good signing. But that's the thing that kind of stood out for me was the little blurb they put at the bottom from Matt Vegan saying that it was like uh, that they're they're hopeful that um, like Patrice will push him onto that next level. So uh, that's going to be interesting. 
to build yeah, on. I don't, I don't know. Oh, sorry, Derek. I don't I was, know. I was actually going to build on what you said, Simon. And okay, I'll let you do that. I'll let not you just as that. not like not just as a U twenty one. He's a U twenty one for the next three years, and I think yeah. that's something we've been missing is that pipeline of U twenty one. So we had all of our U twenty ones age out of that bracket this year, and and to have a player under contract who's going to be a U twenty one, and you've got so you've got the time to develop them, and you're not forced into making that tough decision at the end of the next season where you say. And we keep him if he's no longer a U21. They've got a you know a nice long runway now to to develop this guy and see how he works out. But sorry, Simon, go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say I don't know much about the guy, but just based on where he's coming from, definitely has me excited to see what he can do. Yeah, big time. And the fact of him as well, you don't have to kind of teach him how to be a professional because he's already been in a professional environment, which a lot of the Canadian players haven't. So there's that first year where their their behaviour maybe isn't as a professional should be, but his will already be there. And it could be a signal that they're going to take advantage of that discount on on having multiple U21s. Oh, yeah, right. Hopefully. Yeah. Do we, do we think that we're going to see uh, any of the developmental players from last year like step up or has anybody heard any kind of I know it was kind of briefly mentioned that, you know, there were a couple of them were out or developmental contracts and whether we're going to keep them or not. Was anybody hear anything? Dave, no. you're, the, you're, the inside, <laughs> you're the inside man. It's your, it's your only reason you're here. I literally <laughs> sat down with Derek this afternoon, so I'm trying to parse my words, like just to get, get the update on, on a few things. But um, I just think the club's just reviewing everything about how they've operated and to everything you guys have said, you can't leave yourself with no outs at the end of contracts. Uh, I mean, it'd be similar to Premier League, where like, oh, six months left, we got to sell the guy, and you're stuck in a corner. It's similar. We got to we got to have outs. We can't have one guy being responsible for all the under twenty one minutes. So I know that's going to be an area that they're going to be strongly looking at. Like, I'm very excited to see the announcements over the next couple of weeks. And I just think there's a lot of opportunities here for the club to reinvent themselves under Patrice. Um, and now Matt has this experience of the last four years of doing this um, and a new coach. I think it's going to be really interesting to see it all, all play out. Yeah. I, I'm super excited for it too, to see uh, where it brings us and just to see that kind of next level of talent that we're going to bring through. Like uh, as Derek said, like we kind of, we've kind of burnt our, like we've kind of got rid of the, the players that we were dependent on and uh, it's going to be interesting to see who we bring in. And uh, this is a good start, I think. And one other thing about uh, Coimbra, if I can pick up on something that uh, Mr. Boudreau was saying about how he's not worth $100 million. And Gary was saying that, you know, he's worth to take a punt on. And that ties in with what uh, you said, Anthony, that it was a pre-Geyser signing. And I mean, I think that I think that's important for two things. Uh, one, I'm really glad that it's I mean, yeah, he's he's a good developmental project, like Derek had said, um, but I, it's not going to be something that's going to be, uh, you know, an unmanageable chunk of our salary cap. Like that, yep. if if he does, if he's not quite who Geyser was going to hire, that's not going to throw all of his plans out the window. Like this was a nice, harmless addition from a salary cap perspective. Uh, so. That's good that, you know, it's, you know, he's got a wide open uh, slate to work with. And I mean, also it is, it, it, it also is kind of proof that uh, like, you know, when Lamoth was leaving and when Jeremy was leaving, like it really felt like the whole team was just unraveling at its core. Uh, and in retrospect, you know, like now you can kind of 
go back and say, oh, okay, like they, they were, you know, we, we were, we were taking a few steps backwards, but they were also taking a few steps forward at the same time. Like things weren't quite as calamitous as it felt in that one week right after, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> and Dan, there's a there's a lot of similarities there between like the more I thought about it after the season, like JGL and Rampy, although they look like different players, functionally I think they're actually quite similar players. Keeping the ball ticking along, maybe Rampy's got a few more tricks up his sleeve, getting past players, but JGL knows how to make that yard of space for himself. I'd love to hear from Kevin just on how uh, Bobby and their staff work with bringing in players because. You just don't hear about too many misses on their side. Mm. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I mean, if you're going to talk about, okay, so first of all, with the, the not too many misses, I think we've been really lucky that we've kept a lot of our core. And I think people recognize like the big name players, whether it's from keeper through to, to Becker, the captain and stuff, our core is um, pretty solid, hated, but solid. Um, but it's actually kind of interesting. We lose a lot of guys um, that I don't think people recognize like the quality, like a guy like a Kwame Awua, you know, we lost like the guy who goes to Mobabuli goes to York and makes them like this amazing squad in no time. Mm -hmm. um, and, and he just up and left us and we came back the next year and Pasillas just took over. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's crazy. And I think it's, it's got a lot to do with what I think you guys have now in that Bobby has a vision. And so he gives that to his players and then he brings in guys that fit that vision. So rather than just looking for the best player out there that you can get. And I mean, it, we're lucky that he has a pipeline and a lot of connections and a big, you know, um, contact list. So, so we get a lot of players in that way, but they're people who know his system and even, even his misses, the big swings, like I would say Jordan Hamilton right now was a miss when he came in. Um, but I'm super excited because I, I honestly think it's more about the league and that the, the level was maybe even higher than somebody who's been overseas and is coming back to Canada. And they're kind of like, you know what? I've played over here. I, I've played in the MLS. I've won championships. And now I'm coming back to the, you know, CPL. So I'm just going to kind of, you know, breeze through here. And when he came here and found out what, what we had here, I think him with a preseason is going to be a big hit for us next year. Um, so yeah, it, it's a good point you make. And I think that your new coach from everything I've heard of him, he has a really definite style and you know, he's going to play exactly that win or lose. He's going to stick to his, his guns. And I think that's what really benefits us. We went through, like we were the top of the league smashing everybody. And then we had this long run where nothing was working. Um, and it just was like, and for us, we were like, our fans were starting to panic. Like, what is this? Cause we're like always in the finals and always winning and all that kind of stuff. So we were not taking it well at all. Um, but it, it did not matter to Bobby because he, he knew we're just going to keep running this and, you know, we'll buy in, the boys will buy into it. And when, it, when it matters, it'll work. And I think that's what it's going to be with you guys. Now I'm, I'm actually really excited about your team, York. I don't like them, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> um, but I'm excited to see what they do with some of their moves. Um, so, and with Mo having a full season with them, he's, they're going to be dangerous. So, I mean, everybody's getting better and, you guys really needed to get this signing, this coach, right? And uh, Dave made a really good point. Sorry, I'm almost done. Dave made a really good point about, you know, if this doesn't work out, it's going to be the two club guys. You know, it was our chance to get a club guy or whatever. But I think it's really going to work out well for you guys and that you're going to have an identity. And I think the teams that do the best in this league so far, like I can tell you what our identity is, 
Atletico with their new coach had a definite identity. Like whether you like that style of football or not, they had a definite identity and cavalry has always had an identity. I hate them. They're dirty cheats and kickers, but, (laughs) but they definitely have an identity. Right. So, and those are the four big teams. I couldn't really tell you like over the time, what, um, Valor, other than that, they're the beige of CPL. They're just right there. Uh Like, you know, and, and, and so, and obviously FC Edmonton, unfortunately for them. So, so having an identity is really a strong thing. And I think you guys, oh, and PFC has had an identity, I think too. Again, they carried it on because of the coaches that they had. Like even when Mm -hmm. they brought in their new coach, he was a guy who'd been there since the beginning. So he knew what the, the whole thing was. So I think having an identity is the biggest thing. And then you grow from there. Uh I think, I think people as well, like um, kind of undervalue, like the fact that you guys have been champions so much, how much that helps you attract players too. You know, that like, you know, like Jordan Hamilton made that point that, you know, he's going for the goal kind of thing. Right. So uh, if we become successful, that's really going to help us attract uh, those type of players, too. So it's going to be interesting to see. And I I think I hope we have the same kind of effect that uh, Atletico had this year where, you know, a new coach come in and change things around a little bit. And uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fun. Um, so just to finish up, uh, I, I just thought we'd just go around and uh, you're allowed to have one wish for Christmas, what would you like it to be? Uh, Gary, you can start. Left back. Nice. So I want I want a left, I want a decent left back because I don't think, I think that this is going to, it's going to sound like I'm hard. It's going to sound harsh, but like, I like the Carolis a lot, but it's a bit weird that we're four years in and he's the best left back we've ever had. Like fine player, like functional mm-hmm. good player, but we, he shouldn't be the best left back we've ever had. So I want, I want a good, a good left back. I am gonna snip that and send it to him, and hopefully I'm complimenting him. Though. I'm saying he's the <laughs> best of the bunch. Hopefully he comes to your house and slap in the face, uh, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with dependable goalkeeping. Mm. Nice. That's it. That's a sorry, good guys. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Uh, they, they they definitely don't listen. Yeah, they definitely. <laughs> With don't. The amount of shit we've given. I know. <laughs> myself in case of them are playing professional locally. I, I was actually talking to uh, Kieran Basket today. I didn't realize his uh, parents were from the north of Ireland, so he actually has his Irish passport now. So we might see him turn up in the League of Ireland. So there you go. Great kid. And listen, I love those guys, man. They're great yeah. guys and Christian from the beginning. Like you couldn't ask for better pros. Like whenever we were asking him to go out do sponsor stuff, camps whatever it was, like, those are the guys. They just said, yeah, no problem. Like, let's go. They weren't worried about how many appearances were in their contract that they have to do. Uh, they would just go do it. And there was several guys like that. That's why I was sad about losing JGL. Um, Pierre, guys like that. But uh, anyway, hopefully we get just a someone that is steady can get those crosses. We don't have those so many goals that were scrums in the six, like those kind of things. We just we need some class goalkeeping next year. Yeah. Uh, Dave, so Ox, Ox was brilliant with community stuff. How was Luis Pereira? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving oh, on. Oh, he's got to bring it back to Pereira somehow. Yeah. <laughs> one, one day, one day we'll do a retroactive pod that talks about the day we had to go clean out the players' apartments after year one. So he made he made a public appearance at the uh, accident emergency when he fucked up his arm. So uh, that was his community. <laughs> oh my god, I can't even. Moving on. I, um, I want. I want to be on that pod. <laughs> that will be a live show. It, um, might, it might. It might just be beer somewhere quiet where nobody's recording. How about that? 
We'll disguise your voice. Uh, how about that? <laughs> we, 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 yeah. we can get some sorted out at Wayfarers down here yeah. and have some privateers. Uh, Matt, what, what, what would be your one wish for... Uh... I, I would absolutely echo David's sentiments on goalkeeping. I'm a... I played midfield until I was in my early 20s and then switched to goalkeeper because our goalkeeper moved away and played senior A men's goalkeeper as a complete novice other than I was a decent player and could read the game so as someone who sits directly behind the goalkeeper in warm-up and half the game I would just love to be able to have a shred of confidence that more than one game of quality goalkeeping is going to happen over and over and over again it's I got in an argument with somebody on Discord. I can't remember which person it was that goalkeeping was the most important position to to build off of, and uh, I still think it is. And I'm uh, I'm uh, as someone who played out for most of his life and was a scorer in hockey. That's saying something. I uh, it's it's very rare that uh, fights break out on Discord, so it's kind of disturbing. <laughs> uh, Kevin, what about you, buddy? If it was forge related, we don't want to fucking know. So, <laughs> okay, for you guys, what I want is a healthy season for uh, um, Morelli. I want nice. him to have a, se- a comeback season. And if it's for Forge, I want Montreal to fuck off. Bye, 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 Jerry. Oh. I mean the le- the left back and the uh, the keeper have already been taken. I think I think for me. I just want I want another adult in the room. I think that's going to be my kind of biggest wish list. Whether that person's a midfielder, or a keeper, or a center forward, you know, I I think I think losing JGL as much as Dave, I agree with you that like JGL and Ramp are very similar players on on the pitch. Having somebody else in the room that has that veteran presence that that can kind of lead all the all the young guys that we're going to be bringing in, uh, I, I think that's that's going to be huge. So. Positionally, I don't know if I care too much, but I we, we need another adult in the room. Like it, uh, Derek. Uh, echo everything everyone said so far about a proven goal scorer up front. Um, I think we talked about that last year, and and it, it didn't happen. Um, you know, the the theory last year was sort of everybody was going to get a little better and score some more goals, and I, I just don't think you can count on that. People are going to have up seasons. People are going to have down seasons. People are going to get better. People are going to get injured. Um, and so, and we can't expect Morelli to come back at hundred percent. So I think both from sort of a, a putting goals in the net, but also from a mentorship perspective, because we've got younger guys like Amla and Fumpa that are, you know, really, this is their first shot at a, at a professional level. We'll probably be bringing some guys in from league one. And so if we can bring in somebody that's got some pro experience overseas that is a, a proven goal scorer that can then also teach those guys the things that sometimes are harder for coaches to teach. Um, sometimes they got to learn them from, from their peers. Uh, I think that's absolutely critical to our success next year. So that's a good one. Uh, Denton. Um, yeah, I have to definitely echo what everyone has said, especially Derek and that guy from Twitter, uh, that we, we really do need. Uh, yeah. I mean, all, all of our, uh, focus, all of our focus has been on the youth. Patrice wants development. You know, uh, we want a U23 uh, team, all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, we, I'm, I'll be very curious to see, like, you know, like we're, 
we've got at least one veteran coming, I hope, and I want to see who he is. Uh, but for my wish list, um, yeah, I just mentioned it. Uh, the U23 squad, I, my, my, Christmas, my Christmas gift would be knowing the schedule, uh, six, uh, six friendly games between League One Canada teams going to Moncton and Charlottetown and, uh, you know, get a real chance to develop something there. That's a good one. Uh, Simon. Yeah, I'd love a new left back, an experienced goalie like everyone else. And I'm actually surprised Denton just touched on it because I was going to say my personal wish would be to see the U23 squad come to Moncton so I can raise the Wanderer scarf here in my own home province. But yeah, if, if I'm doing a personal wish, I'd love to see some of the boys come up here to New Brunswick and play a game. Nice. Um, so so my, my, my wish would be for Derek to be a little bit more optimistic about stuff with football. And, uh, <laughs> Gary to help out more with the podcast. You lazy bastard. You do fucking nothing for this thing. So that would be my wish. So I just want to thank everybody for coming and hanging out. Uh, I really appreciate it. Um, let's hope that we get some of our wishes uh, for Christmas and uh, we have a great season next year. So thanks, everybody. Cheers, everyone. Thank Bye. you. Thanks for having me. Get out! Out to the